A reading from the letter of Paul to the Galatians. May I never boast of anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything, but a new creation is everything. As for those who will follow this rule, peace be upon them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one make trouble for me, for I carry the marks of Jesus branded on my body. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. The word of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Well, this morning I uh, actually have nothing new that I would like to say, um, which is, is probably a, uh, a good place to start when you're giving a homily. <clears throat> uh, instead, I'd actually like to spend this, this morning uh, sitting in a theme that has been consistent for us uh, more broadly in the, in the life of our parish, but also more specifically something we've been addressing for the past couple, couple weeks. Uh, because while I don't think it is a particularly groundbreaking uh, set of ideas or, or themes, I do think that it is so very important for us to be reminded uh, to to remember that the, the message, this particular message that, that uh, Jesus is speaking to his church is, is one that is at odds with a lot of the messages we otherwise receive. Uh, I think a considerable part of what we are doing when we gather weekly um, is actually to take respite from that barrage of ideas or commandments or social and civil demands and try to listen not to what bloggers or pundits or social media marketers would have to say about how we should live our lives, but rather to come together and take note of what Jesus is whispering to his church. Because I think this is by no means a provocative or uh, probably uh, interesting statement, but people are so very desperate for truth that we will accept just about anything that purports to be truth as a possible option, as a candidate for what is true. And, and so as a result, it's so important to us, it's so important for us, that we, uh, we take the time weekly to come together and listen to what Christ would be saying to his church, listen to the truth that allows us to make sense of the complexities of our experiences and the meaning that undergirds them. Because outside of this gathering, there are so many different answers to that question on offer, some well-meaning and some intentionally malicious. In the past several weeks, we've been talking at length about how easy it is for us to become uh, imprisoned is, is a term we've been using quite a bit. Uh, we, putting ourselves in prisons of ideologies or statuses or perceptions, 
that it's so very easy for us to go and worship at the altar of idols that only have salt water to, to offer us, that leave us walking away more thirsty than when we, than when we first arrived. And I think if you have read a newspaper, even one, in the last, we'll say, four years, uh, or if you've seen a social media post in the past 10, or conversely, if you've ever had a conversation with another human being at any point in your life, you will, you will see how clear it is the sheer amount of burdens that, that we find on our shoulders constantly. I actually don't think there is enough time in the day to live the fulfilled, self-actualized lives that we are sort of socially conditioned to adhere to. Uh, tell, tell me if any of this sounds like uh, some degree of pressure you may or may not have experienced uh, at some point, right? That, that we have to, every one of us, has to make sure that we are buying expensive and trendy foods so as to take care of our bodies. So that way they can look just presentable enough to present to our uh, social media following, which we're obviously cultivating so we can communicate the ways that we're practicing mindfulness, uh, which is making each and every one of us a more effective and productive employee, the byproduct of which is more disposable income, which we can use to finance the uh, nine or 10 vacations that we are taking a year to all of the places that are giving us access and awareness to uh, not only new and interesting ways of thinking and being, but also exposing us to uh, sincerely, re sincere and real problems in our world, uh, which we are also uh, becoming more aware of because we are, every one of us, spending several hours a day reading all of the right books uh, that are giving us the right ideas that we are walking away with and championing uh, loudly and publicly. And the byproduct of reading those books is we're doing so in public because otherwise it doesn't count. And, you know, then maybe, just maybe, while we're reading it in public, that certain special someone is going to see us across the way from the, the fair trade coffee shop that we're at. And they're going to fall in love with us. And we're going to have a perfect, effortless, lifelong romance that is no work and is, uh, is prime for Pinterest at any passing moment. In short, we are all expected to be authentic. Now, I don't mean to say any of those things with, with a sense that those things are, should be looked down upon or those things are bad, because of course they're not, right? There is nothing wrong with wanting to eat a healthy meal. That is, I am not going to stand here and, and pretend like that is sinful. There, there is nothing, uh, nothing at all wrong with uh, with trying to learn more about the problems and social ills in the world to determine what you can do to be a part of the solution. No, that is a very good thing, right? But the problem with very good things is how easily we can lose the purpose of the good thing and become subject and prisoner to the thing itself. And I think so very often this, uh, this, this failure to enjoy the thing as it was meant to be enjoyed, comes down uh, in a lot of ways to, to a, a collapsing of, of all of our life and experience upon ourself and putting ourselves at the center of our world. Because if I am the, the nexus of my own life, 
then I have to be on the hook for my own self-actualization, right? And so the tidal flood of the self-help and self-care industry in turn is based on this notion that unless I bear the burden of my own betterment, that was not an intended alliteration, uh, I can never be a truly happy or adjusted person. I have to, and, and the, the underlying assumption there is I have to be happy, and that means I need to focus on my happiness, and that means I need to focus on me, and that means I need to spend every possible second I have evaluating and critically measuring myself. What better way to become happier than to spend all of your time fixated on all of the things that are wrong with you, right? Because now all of a sudden, all of the, the joy I have in my life is put under a microscope. And all of a sudden, the foods that I am eating, I can't just enjoy them. I have to make sure that I'm eating them the right way. You know, or I have to make sure that there's more kale in my diet, which is a lie from the pit of hell. Or, or I, can't, I can't just sit here and, and read the books that I find interesting. I have to make sure that they're the kind of books that'll make me fluent in the right sort of conversations. Uh, and, and everything in my life becomes a project of decluttering and cultivating a grand ideal of whether or not the thing I'm doing sparks joy in me. Because if I don't, then I'm not going to have a perfectly cultivated, well-articulatable life that I can brag to all of my friends about how I've effortlessly achieved. And so, we make it a point of gathering here regularly so that we can be confounded when we hear St. Paul say, may I never boast of anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. We have to be reminded that the wisdom of the world utterly fails to articulate the glory of the cross. The wisdom of the world sees the cross as the ultimate failure in self-actualization. And Jesus brings us into a life where that paradigm changes, where who we are becomes constituted by the work that he has done. Where no longer are we the center of our own stories, but rather Jesus Christ is the Lord of all, and that includes the Lord of our story. He is the hero. We, we play a, a, a bit part in the story of our own lives. And that is admittedly very freeing because if my options are to drive myself crazy trying to cultivate this perfect life or surrender to, to someone who is defined by perfect sacrifice, I, I, think I, would, I think I'll take the latter. Because our lives become changed uh, our, our perception of ourselves become changed where everything we do is no longer about what is it that I can accomplish. It becomes about what is it that Christ has accomplished and is accomplishing. So like I said, I, I don't have anything new to offer this morning. Uh, just the, an encouragement for us that when we walk out these doors and we go about the remainder of our weekend and, and go into... 
our week, that as we find ourselves bombarded with the thousands of pressures to leave or to, to lead these absolutely perfect, well-cultivated, self-actualized lives where we are the center of our world. I hope that in those moments where those demands are crushing and our self-esteem plummets and our fears rise and our sense of dread becomes too much to bear, we are able to remember that the only thing, the only thing worth bragging about ourselves is that Jesus Christ died on the cross in an act of perfect and intimate love on our behalf, and in doing so is making us new. We are not the ones making ourselves new. That is his work. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.